Welcome to the Raising Great Kids podcast. I'm your host today, Kendra Fleming. Do you remember what it was like to be in middle school? Well, today we're going to break it down grade by grade. Today we're talking about middle schoolers. The stress and the fun of that stage of life. We've all been there, right? We know that that stage of life is full of changes. They're navigating all kinds of transition. And I'm so excited today to have my friend and special guest, Britt Kitchen, the Director of Students at North Point Ministries. Britt has been here with us for over 20 years. He leads all of the staff both middle school and high school staff, as well as works closely with everything we teach our students from middle school to high school. Britt, I am so excited that you're here. Tell us about you and your family and what you do. Yeah, I mean, I've got the best job in the world. I tell people I'm the big kid on staff, Uh that I get to play in camps and hang out with students and uh, especially middle schoolers who you said are stressful, but it's it's more fun than stress, right? It is it's, fun. Yeah, I it think fun. they're fun too. Uh, and I've got middle schooler myself. I'm the father of three, um, and my wife Natalie works here as well. And so, yeah, my whole life has been about student ministry, and I love it. I love being around uh, transit and inside out and being a part of those environments. And I'm excited to be here today talking about middle, middle schoolers school and trying to help our parents understand this fun, a little frantic, but fun uh, stage of life. Yeah. Before we started, we were both talking about like favorite memories when we were in middle school. And it is a fun stage of life, both raising our own children as well as being a middle school ourselves. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, I remember being a middle schooler and uh, spending the night at a friend's house and eating so many of those little sausage weenies <laughs> that I made myself sick. And then just the other day, I'm watching my middle schooler eat a whole tray of tater tots by himself till he got sick. I was like, oh, yeah, that's that's what they do. That's what you do in middle school. So <laughs> yeah. it's fun. That's right. Okay, so tell us a little bit about like what makes the middle school season of life, that the, that stage of life, so unique. Right. Well, you're going to go through more mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual changes in the, these three years than you're going to go through the rest of your life. The only uh, time that really rivals this is like when you're two years old. Mm-hmm. But then again, think of middle schoolers like two-year-olds. Yeah. It's kind of helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, their bodies, their minds, the way they think, their emotions are just changing so rapidly uh, during the season. That's why I like really working with this age. But their frontal lobes you know, are not fully developed. The reasoning part of their brain is just beginning to kick in. Uh, meanwhile, their emotions are just going crazy. Uh, their amygdala is really strong right now. So their their reactions, uh, they, they have big emotional swings. Mm-hmm. And they can't help it. It's just part of this age. You know, their body's growing. Uh, friendships are getting more complicated. For some, dating is starting to happen. And so, yeah, they act emotionally to every single one of those events. And so middle schoolers cry all of a sudden. And you sometimes look at them and think, are you not even engaging your brain and thinking? And they may not. Uh, (laughs) Their brains really, uh, the reasoning part isn't really coming online yet. Uh, What's really going to be interesting for a parent with a sixth grader is to watch them over the next three years, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. uh, As you watch their reasoning start to kick in and the ability to listen to their inner voice. Uh, one of the big things that happens with middle school during these three years is your ability to kind of step outside of yourself and reflect, to look back on the way something happened and say, huh, did I like the way that went? Did I like the way that conversation went? Did I like how I did in that test? Did I like how I handled that stressful moment? 
Those are all new skills yeah. that they are just learning. Um, they have never really stopped, thought back, and said, oh, did I like how that went? And then begin to look forward. Okay, next time I'm in a situation like that, yeah. do I want to behave the same way? Do I want to behave differently? Do I want to meet someone's expectations? Am I okay if I miss that person's expectations? Mm-hmm. Uh, those are all brain functions that as adults happen mm-hmm. you know, instantaneously. We don't think about it, but they're just... They're just starting this age group, which makes it so interesting to work with them. Yeah, for sure. So it's been a while since I've been a middle schooler. I bet like all the parents listening, it's been a while since they have as well. And I do remember some things about those years for sure. But what is it like to be in their bodies with all that stuff you just described going on to be a middle schooler? What is life like for them? Well, they wake up one day and, you know, joints ache and yeah. uh, their shoes don't fit anymore. <laughs> and so that is all happening. Mm-hmm. That's like the mm-hmm. the go-to jokes everyone makes is about puberty and their bodies changing. And it's true that uh, that all is happening. Mm-hmm. But uh, once again, their identity is forming and that's the big thing that's happening right now. Uh, the way their brain uh, processes information is very different from the last season of life. So the analogy I usually hear is them talk about middle schoolers as engineers, where their brain really wants to figure out like how things work. They're not really quite uh, philosophical yet and abstract. It's very concrete thinking. How do, how do friendships work? Um, how does my school uh, class schedule work? How does it work to get my parents to give me a phone. And they just want the bottom line, boil it down to me, tell me the steps. They don't want to know the whole backstory and reasoning yet. Um, and then their brain is trying to take things they learn in other situations and pick up and do the, if you do ABC with this friend, pick that up and do ABC with this friend, and that will make that a best friend. Mm-hmm. They can't quite figure out, well, maybe those friends have different personalities or you've got different history with them. They want to just take up the, the boil down easy uh, basics of whatever interaction with the person or class uh, activities and pick it up and just do it someplace else and expect it to work the same way. Their brains are very concrete. We, we're not abstract yet. Uh, and so that's the fun part of watching them try to figure out. By eighth grade, you're going to start seeing uh, you know, students realizing, oh, that, that engineer mindset of just take that uh, conclusion and apply it over here. They're going to say, well, that doesn't always work. You'll see them working out of it. But I'm painting with a very broad brush here, but for our 6th and 7th graders especially, the engineer mindset is usually what we talk about. Sure. So I know from a child who just starting 6th grade to an 8th grader leaving 8th grade about to go to high school, I mean, massive change happens, right, from the beginning of 6th grade to the end of 8th grade. Uh, I feel like when I see those 6th graders, I'm looking at children. Children are in the room. You are, yeah. And then uh, when I get to 8th grade, I'm looking at teenagers young adults are like definitely in the room so tell us a little bit about like kind of that spectrum I know I know kids are developing all along the way but let's let's start with sixth grade sure uh you know sixth grade it's always funny Mm -hmm. in the transit world as a promotion Sunday the first Sunday of the summer as we lose these eighth graders have left the room they're now in high school and we get these new fifth graders who are sixth graders and we say the average height just drops several feet (laughs) and everyone feels like oh wow we forgot how small they are, uh, and it's a big change for us. And the sixth graders, it's such a big year for them. They're going off to middle school. Friendships gets more complicated. But uh, I know our listeners really are curious, okay, well, well, what does the church say? How do they develop spiritually? Mm-hmm. And for a sixth grader, the big thing is sometimes we joke about the sixth grade atheist. Mm-hmm. So up until now, 
their faith is very much influenced by their parents. Parents are always going to be the biggest influence on a student's life. Uh, but the faith is sometimes seen as, oh, I just believe what my parents believe. Uh, and elementary faith, as you know, can sometimes get boiled down to simple things like God is good all the time. Yeah. And if you love him, good things happen to you. I'm not saying that's what we teach, but yeah. I'm saying that's how a child may boil it down. Well, you come into sixth grade, and now in sixth grade, you might pay attention to the news. Things are brought up in school, current events, and you start realizing, wait a minute. Sometimes good people get hurt. Sometimes bad people get ahead in life. Does that mean God's not good? Uh, you know, the, if, if we only did one talk in transit, uh, the one talk we could do a thousand times every student that is asking is, why do bad things happen to good people? Because it's breaking the sixth grade paradigm. Like, that's the way they, their brain has been thinking for years, and all of a sudden that seems broken. So if a sixth grader ever says, well, I don't know if I believe in God anymore, it's like, oh, good. Like, that means you're thinking about it. That means you're processing it. That means your faith is developing. That means that you're uh, questioning in a healthy way what maybe you've been taught up till now, and you're gonna you're on that process of making your faith your own, which is a tagline we throw around in transit yeah. that students need to make their faith their own. And usually that happens in sixth grade as they start looking around, going, "Oh, the world's kind of broken. Oh, not everything works the way I I think it should." And that's actually a really helpful conversation for a sixth grader. So if I'm a parent and I feel like I've spent these early years like trying to lay a strong foundation and teach them my values and all these things, uh, should I panic when this happens or like what should what can I do to help them like come through it on the other side right. healthy strong? Yeah, the the yeah. biggest uh, tip for sixth grade parents um, I say is to tell them stories about you growing up. Okay. Uh, middle schoolers are especially sixth grade are scared to go off. To middle school. They're scared that they're going to make mistakes. They're scared that they're not good enough. They're not sure who they are. Uh, so they put a lot of pressure on themselves to perform, a lot of pressure on themselves to have perfect friendships. And they need to hear stories from a trusted adult, from their smart player, from a coach, from a parent, saying, hey, here's some stories of me growing up where I didn't get it right. And they need to know you can make mistakes and still come out okay. Um, you know, for a sixth grader to know, uh, you know, I had questions when I was your age about God, about my friendship, and look, I'm okay. You were, it works out on the other side. You know, it's helpful for a parent to say, I said to my middle schooler the other day, yeah, um, I had a project for work, and I didn't get it done on time, so I had to email my boss and say it would be a day or two late. And my son said, did you get fired? It's like, no, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's not how life works. Yeah. But that's what he, the way he thinks life works, yeah. is that you make one mistake, you're out. Yeah. Or to let them know over the dinner table, yeah, me and my best friend, this other dad, we were disagreeing about how to coach the team. And so, I, you know, we hung over the phone angry with each other. And like, so you're not friends anymore? Well, no, it, it all works out in the end. They need to hear stories like that. They need to hear where you're from, what it was like growing up. They need to hear how your parents treated you, what it was like to finally convince your parents to give you more freedom. They need to hear those stories because they're walking around with a lot of pressure on themselves to get it perfect every time. And they need to know, you can have questions about life. You can have doubts about who you are. And you'll work through those questions and come out on the other side of this. Sixth graders put a ton of pressure on themselves. Like, who am I? Who am I to this group of friends? Who am I to that group of friends? Uh, will I survive middle school? What happens if I ever don't turn in a, a project on time at school? And they need to hear stories from trusted adults saying, it'll be okay. You'll come out on the other side of this. And it's probably good for parents when you start to tell those stories, you remember, oh, that's right. I had my own wrestling with what my parents believe versus what I believed or if I would be in trouble and what the consequences would be and all of that. It's probably good 
to kind of remind yourself you wrestled that way yeah, too. You forget yeah. all the stories that happened to you growing up. I mean, yeah. as we prep messages for middle schoolers, I was like, how do you remember all those, those stories about being in 6th, 7th, 8th grade? I was like, when we sit around and just start talking about the problems, yeah. your brain starts unlocking all these memories. And that's what yeah. that's what students need to hear. That's yeah. what parents need to start unlocking. It's yeah. like, oh yeah, I remember being mad at a friend. Oh yeah, I remember uh, having to go to a teacher and say, I'm sorry, I didn't turn it down yeah. on time. And that's what they need to hear. Yeah, for sure. Okay, what stands out for you for seventh graders? Well, I don't want to scare any seventh grade parents. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but seventh grade is the most deceitful age. Okay. Um, seventh graders lie. Yeah. They lie oh, all gosh. the time. Uh, and your, your, your students probably totally different. Um, mine never did. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, and once again, we're paying with broad bush, uh -huh. brushes. Maybe your students can be uh, uh, in sixth grade or eighth grade when this all happens. But mentally, what's going on? As that logic part of the brain is coming online, mm -hmm. as their highly emotional part of the brain still going crazy, mm -hmm. um, they start getting themselves into uh, tricky situations. Okay. Uh, there's always the story of the middle school guy who's dating two girls, uh -huh. and he did it because he likes both of them, or like he didn't want to disappoint this person and didn't want to disappoint this person. And it's never crossed his mind uh -huh. that that girl would ever talk to this girl. Like, he hasn't thought about that, you know? <laughs> And so he's shocked to find out that, oh, wow, you two guys might talk to each other? Like, never crossed his mind. Or they get caught telling you they're going to walk to the library with a group of friends. Yeah. They actually wind up walking to McDonald's, and they say, wait, you talked to Billy's mom? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can talk to Billy's mom. It's never crossed their mind that two parents might talk. And so they're deceitful, but they almost can't help it because of what's going on in the brains. They're so highly emotional. I don't want to disappoint this person. The whole crowd's going this way. I don't want to be left out. Mm -hmm. And they, the logic part has not even kicked in. They've never thought, oh, well, maybe someone's going to check up on me. Maybe these two groups of friends are going to cross the stories. Yeah. Maybe the person who I act too cool with over here is one day going to talk to the, my friend over here who I'm still into Pokemon with. Like, right is never crossed their mind yeah. that those groups might talk to each other. And so they wind up lying all the time. And you still got to be the parent. Yeah. You still got to discipline. Sure. You still have to teach them the lessons that uh, they shouldn't do it. But you almost got to find some compassion for it because they, they almost can't help it. Yeah. And I mean, is that your advice in this stage of life to parents to like bring a lot of compassion to the table? hold them accountable, let them have the consequences, almost let them learn the lesson, right? Oh, of, for sure. Like it's, what happens when you try to date two girls at the same time. Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. You got to let them make mistakes. You yeah. got to let them, you know, one of the great secrets in the school is like middle school grades really don't count. So yeah. they forgot to do a project and okay, don't email the teacher. Like make them go tell the teacher, hey, I hadn't turned it in. Well, it's 15 points off a day or whatever. Yeah. You, you're, suffer the consequence. You're going to have to yeah. stay up late the next couple of nights and do that. Yeah. Um, they've got to feel all that, you know. Uh, seventh graders can wind up being, like, preoccupied with mm -hmm. only wanting to do what I'm good at. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're preoccupied with their um, uh, lack of ability or their abilities, and they only want to do those uh, activities that they know they're going to be good at, that mm -hmm. they're, they're going to succeed at. So sometimes as parents, you got to, like, nudge them to, like, no, go try that. Go, go see if you're good at that. Try out for that sport. Try mm -hmm. out for that. Um, that activity after school because they can just get locked into it. Well, I don't want to risk anything. I, mm -hmm. I only want to do what I'm good at. And so it's the trickiness of this age group of yeah. when to push them, when to try to get them to try new things because left to their own devices, they don't always want to 
yeah. risk it. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so eighth grade, everything gets perfect in eighth grade? Yeah, every, like every, what happens at eighth grade? Yeah. It's all, all good? Yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> uh, well, in eighth grade, so the, the frontal lobe's starting to work uh, for the first time. They're starting to be able to reason a little bit. Um, they can actually start to uh, integrate uh, reason and emotion at the same time, which is what we do as adults. Like, yeah. oh, if I do that choice, I might let that person down, but I know that we've got enough history as friends mm -hmm. that it will be okay. Um, so then the pressure of friends kind of starts dying down a little bit in eighth grade because they're starting to understand, no, I got enough history with Charlie. Like, we'll still be friends after this. So that starts to really uh, calm down. Uh, there, what I talked about earlier, the ability to like look back on a situation. Did I like how that went? Was that would I act that way again? That's all starting to happen. Uh, you know, high school is marked a lot of times by the ability to be uh, to uh, be a philosopher and like abstractly think about future events. Some eighth graders, uh, you will start to see those skills starting to come online, and they can already go down the road of like, well, if I went out for uh, football and made the team, that means I couldn't do swimming on Tuesdays, so I'd have to choose between those. Like before, they're even stuck in that jam; they're starting to anticipate those. Uh, but, you know, they're fretting about going to high school. That's real worrisome. Yeah. Um, almost the same stuff we talk about with fifth grade. Yeah. It happens again in eighth grade. Uh, they're excited about going to high school. They want more freedom. But at the same time, sometimes you'll see groups of friends like get super clicky in eighth grade and yeah. super protective of one another. Or maybe they'll find like one best friend and lock arms with them and it's us forever. And that's driven by the fear of the unknown of what's coming next with high school. So, yeah. But eighth grade, yeah, you start to see them coming out of this this tricky time of uh, highly emotional starting to calm down a little bit and they're able to start reasoning and they're able to, to start having more and more adult conversations. Yeah, that's great. So let's, let's take a topic and like, highlight that topic in sixth seventh and eighth grade so mm -hmm. let's take the topic of sex which yep we talk about every a, year is a big big yeah. topic for middle schoolers so like walk us through what a typical you would be seeing in the sixth grade years versus the seventh grade versus eighth grade. yeah once again we're going to paint with a broad brush you know your student might be um more mature than others uh, they may personality might be different but we're going to talk about sex and transit every year um spring semester we're going to do three or four weeks talk about god's perspective on sex and dating and boundaries um and so we laugh sometimes with our small group leaders who are now walking through or these volunteers who are watching, walking with a group of students. And we'll tell them, okay, sixth grade. The sixth grade conversations are all going to be about logistics of sex. Uh, is they finally have a safe place with a trusted adult to ask, you know, the boys always ask, now where are my ovaries? Like they just are curious and don't know. And so that's all we're going to talk about in sixth grade. But that's appropriate for that age group. Seventh grade, you start seeing the small groups really talk about, okay, dating or liking someone. And what do I do if I think someone's cute? And so it's, they're really great, innocent conversations about what, what would it look like to date and how would I meet up with someone? And so that's usually conversation of seventh grade, but in eighth grade by spring semester, we're, we're moving towards high school in that philosophical mindset. All their questions are about, um, extreme theoretical situations if i if god's made a soul uh, has a perfect soulmate for me but that soulmate dies before i meet him does that mean god will give me another perfect soul? i mean like <laughs> they're out there situations but that's their brain starting to kick in and look down the road and so you know from straight up logistical conversations about yeah. the subject to okay let me start thinking about what it'd be like to tell someone that i like them to finally 
out there philosophical abstract conversations that's a good little test case of what does middle school look like with each year yeah that's a great picture so uh you've done a really good job reminding us that our kids are all unique so they're going to be at different places i mean these are approximations kind of what you can expect Mm -hmm. but some will be more mature some less but you said to me yesterday something about that we need to embrace and allow our kids to progress through these stages because if they don't what happens like kind of talk to us about that for a second right so um you know the brain is going through this pruning process Mm -hmm. throughout middle school where they're trying to work on their sense of self their identity and so they're going to have all kinds of different interests and so you watch middle schoolers like be totally into lacrosse for three weeks and then now they want to play guitar for two months and now they want to learn how to dance and and as a outside or watching they're like why are they bouncing from thing to thing activity to activity but it's it's their brain trying on different interests working on the sense of self and so they're going to be totally into guitar for a couple months and then realize no carrying around a guitar and and practicing i didn't like that and the way people look at me as a guitar person ah that's not for me and the brain literally just kills off those interests and those connections and then they go to the next thing and it's dance it's all about dance and then it's going to be football uh, and so it's curious sometimes to watch a middle school or maybe write down like, how did they dress for this season? Then they get a, went a whole new wardrobe, but they're trying, their brain's pruning connections and trying to figure out what is true about me, what is not true about me. Um, and the way we kind of like to close out the eighth grade year with these, uh, middle school small groups is have the parents sit down and write a letter of encouragement to their student, a letter of affirmation. Affirmation is a big word for this age group. Because it is completely appropriate and good and fun to be in middle school and be working on who you are and trying out these different interests. However, it's much more risky to send a student into high school still in that developmental phase of, I'm not sure who I am, and i got to try on all these different interests. It's good and fun, and actually the way they set up middle middle schools and the way they set up the activities in middle schools, like they're all there to be tried on. For you to work out who you are, if you have a student walking into high school and they have no sense of self, they have no sense of who they really are, that's where I start to get worried. And so allow middle school to be this great little laboratory. Allow it to be this place where they try on different interests. And it may, you may be pulling your hair out, driving all around town, mm-hmm. trying different activities every yeah. few months, but that's what this age group is about. Yeah. And we need them to work it out now because the stakes get a little higher the older they get as they head into high school. Okay, so in the middle school years, if we're not careful, we can be like, ooh, I don't know what to do. But instead, our kids need us more than ever, right, in these middle school years. They need us to lean in. They need us to spend time, to listen. If you were giving parents advice on, like, here are practical things your kid needs you to do, what would you tell them? Right. So for middle schooler early on, sixth grade, is tell them stories, allow them to lower their expectation to be perfect in all things and know that it's okay to fail. As we get older, as they start going through this pruning process of trying on different interests, your job as a parent is to start affirming them and encourage them. When you see something that seems to ring true for them, that seems to bring them life, bring them energy, make them feel good about themselves, uh, uh, help their self-confidence. You need to encourage that and affirm it like, hey, you seem to be good at that. Hey, I'll drive you to the lesson. Hey, let's go buy you all the gear you need for that. Um, you know, we, we end the eighth grade year, those small groups with having the parents write this letter of affirmation. And it's about encouraging them as they go to this season of high school and saying, hey, 
You've got this figured out. You've done the hard work of figuring out yourself. And let me encourage the pieces that I know are true about you. And, and students listen to that. They're, they're looking for those trusted adults in their life uh, as they go through the pruning process and trying different interests. They're looking for help from someone like, hey, will you help me? Say, hey, that seems to be true about you. That seems to be true about you. So give them that affirmation. Say, hey, you're really good at that. Hey, I love watching you do that activity. Um, hey, you seem to be a great teammate in this in this area. They need that encouragement because left to their the devices, sometimes they give up on activities too soon. Um, once again, they're obsessed with their ability or lack of ability. And if they don't have immediate success, sometimes they give up too quickly. So for a parent, it's that paying attention to them, what do they seem to really be interested in, and that brings them life, and just, hey, encourage it, affirm it, like, keep going down that road, that's true about you, Uh, and and like I said, that's actually how we end those eighth grade small groups with this time of parents reading these letters, because if you're sending a student into high school and they haven't gotten a sense of self, a sense of identity, the stakes get raised at the next season of life, and, you know, Students need this laboratory of middle school to work that stuff out. Okay, so as we wrap up here today, like what does it look like for us to make sure that our middle schoolers are ready for high school? Middle school's been this laboratory figuring out who they are, and you've got to just affirm that journey. And it's not, hey, everything you do is good, um, but everything you're doing, this, everything you're going through is healthy, whether that is uh, friendship stress or uh, even disagreements between you and your students, saying, hey, all that's healthy, all that's normal. I mean... Uh, parents, that needs to be your first word out of your mouth to your middle schoolers. Like, what you're going through is normal. Yeah. Like, this happened to me too. Like, even if you can't truly identify, you say, oh yeah, I, I felt something like that as well. Mm-hmm. To help normalize emotions for them. And then from there, helping point them in the right direction. Encourage them to go down the right road. Um, the more specific you can be with that encouragement, the better off the student's going to walk away feeling about, okay, my parent or trusted adult does notice that I'm good at that or does think that's the right choice for me Uh, because their brains are working so quickly at dropping synapses connections sometimes they need someone to say no 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 that was the good one that brought you life that brought you joy stay with that interest Um, because a lot of those activities right now are kind of crutches and people badmouth the word crutch like crutches help you walk like crutches are helpful uh finding your sense of identity find out who you really are is a really tough process that will take your whole life so for this little season the little uh boost the little catalyst of hey i'm who i am and i I found that through dance or i found that through acting or i found that through uh playing lacrosse like it's really kind of a good helpful boost a crutch to them figuring out who they are right now now, later as you get into high school, if their sense of identity hasn't evolved beyond, oh, I'm just a baseball player, then we've got another set of yeah. challenges yeah. to work through. <laughs> but for now in middle school, as they get ready for high school, it's okay if a lot of that is built around, hey, I, I just love science fiction and I read all the books and I know everything about the Marvel movies. Like, that's okay for now because it helps give them a little hint, a little boost, a little crutch as they're working out who they are. So you as a parent, you're paying attention, trying to be specific in your encouragement and affirmation as their brain is trying on different interests, trying on different versions of self to say, oh, that one seems true about you. Oh, that one does seem to bring you joy. So that by the time they're off to high school, they've got a really good idea of who they are and they're comfortable with that. It's... 
it's a tough season, but I mean, it's so much fun to watch a student come alive and realize, oh, I like that and I was good at that. And now I've got a better sense of who I am and watch their self-confidence start to rise. To watch a sixth grader totally overwhelmed by all the friends. I mean, we take, what, three elementary schools, drop them to one middle school. I mean, there's just so many people they could be friends with. And by eighth grade, have figured out, oh, I get along with these people, and these people uh, encourage me, and that seems like a good, healthy friendship. Like to see that process take place is why I still work with the Sage Group. Yeah. It's so fun to watch. Oh, it's so obvious as you talk that you are passionate about this. <laughs> I, I love it. So this has been so very helpful. Thank you. I definitely. We will be having you back. I'm committing you right here and now. Yeah, I would love to, anytime. <laughs> Parents, a lot of people are afraid of middle schoolers, which is terrible because actually middle schoolers are really fun. And you have the potential to create a lot of awesome memories with your child and to create a really strong bond with your child. And I promise you, you are not going to regret one moment of navigating these days and connecting more closely with your middle schooler. It will set you up for a close relationship for the rest of their life. Thank you so much for being with us today and we'll see you soon.